backdoor score! Brent Howden back in the lineup and back on the score sheet. It's the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Left corner to right corner, Carlson to Amadio. Up top, White Cloud. Left point, Martinez shoots, score! Getting you ready for tonight's game live from T-Mobile Arena. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, live inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. We got a third straight game against an original six team. And as I say that, the smoke machine goes off inside T-Mobile Arena. We're all ready. Everybody's uh, fired up for this one. The fireworks are going off behind the castle as the New York Rangers arrive in town. Uh, this is a good matchup for Vegas in the sense of travel. Last time they came home, they faced the St. Louis Blues after the 5-0 road trip uh, on the heels of the emotional win over the Buffalo Sabres. And there was that uh, anticipated let down, and they got caught up in the second period of, of that game, and it uh, stalled the momentum a little bit. This time, there's still that one day between playing out east and then playing at home, which you'd always like multiple days, at least two. Uh, but this is the New York Rangers' first game on, on their road trip, so you got uh, two teams who last played out east and are going to have to adapt to it. So, shit. I don't know how much you put into it, but I think that it should even the playing field out a little bit. I mean, that would be the hope, right, is you've got two teams that are essentially on the same schedule, the the Rangers and the Golden Knights uh, travel day and, and, you know, getting into this one tonight. So I I would imagine that it it evens the playing field a little bit. And for the Golden Knights, uh, it's just going to be about uh, trying to look at this game as maybe a continuation of what they were able to do on the road and, and take those good vibes, take that that winning record and that winning uh, winning culture into this game against uh, the Rangers. I wonder, think to yourself as yeah. you listen to the program, are you a person that gets adjusted easily to travel or are you a person that has that jet lag syndrome that jumps up and gets to you? Uh, three hours isn't like going to Europe. Three hours isn't like going to Hawaii. But when you're in such a structured environment like a hockey player is and you're used to that practice being at 10:30 and that nap being at 1:30 and you're at the rink at 4:30 and you're playing at 7 uh, and then all of a sudden it's 3 hours one way or the other it can get impactful because of when you're waking up mm-hmm. and and it's really dragging on you and that's one thing that uh, when you talk about uh, players coming this side, coming this way, uh, you, you really got to manage that sleep pattern and, and not get up too early. And then you got family and you got uh, things going on when you come home. Uh, but, uh, but that's the part that you really have to manage is just the, the rest that goes into your recovery. Yeah, I mean, as, as someone that has a hard enough time adjusting when uh, I've got late games versus early games, like it, it's, it's a prime example when, when, I have to adjust to going to bed at 12, 31 o'clock. That's a big thing. It's, it's tough. Yeah. It's difficult. And, you know, I, I kind of put myself in the shoes of the, of the hockey players of, of the team, and it's not an easy adjustment to make. But fortunately, 
both Vegas and New York are going to be going through it tonight together. Uh, New York will get into their roster and their performance uh, in just a little bit, uh, but they're a club that uh, hasn't been able to find that groove yet this season. Vegas has, Mm -hmm. and it's come on the road. Uh, Tonight, there's some extra emphasis. Uh, How do you avoid the drop-off in play? that they produced during the most recent four-game road trip, uh, tried to avoid what happened to them coming back from the sweep of the five-game road trip. It sounded like Bruce Cassidy today was uh, playing around with a couple of little things, having been through it once and been through it once recently, how to approach this. Uh, They also will be missing a couple of key players for the second straight game. No Jack Eichel, and uh, the Golden Knights uh, tweeting out today that uh, Alex Petrangelo will not be with the team tonight as he is uh, dealing with a a personal matter, an illness in the family. So he is uh, not going to be available, and they're giving him all the time and the space uh, to make sure that uh, he's looking after what's most important in your life. Uh, So from the hockey aspect, uh, this will be uh, a little bit more of that uh, challenging situation. Jonas Romberg has been mm-hmm. been called up. Uh, we saw a change in the power play uh, formation this morning with Paul Cotter on, on the first unit. So there's a couple of different things that I think, well, they're challenging from a big picture standpoint. Eichel, Petrangelo, out. The absence of those two players also makes everybody else dial it in a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you don't really have a choice in the matter, right? Like, you, you've got to kind of hammer in on your details. You've got to play a certain way because you can't really rely on, you know, a, a, a phenomenal performance from Jack Eichel or, or one of those plays where we've seen Jack just kind of put the team on his shoulders. The same thing with Alex Petrangelo. You're going to need all all 18 skaters you're going to need all 18 players on this team to to really push in the right direction and pull in the right direction for the golden knights and uh you know i it's not going to be easy but it is something that should demand uh the attention to detail that bruce cassidy is going to want from his team but how about the evolution of of paul cotter or the season of paul cotter he was a big moment Mm -hmm. in training camp when he walked into the auxiliary dressing room at city national arena and his equipment wasn't there mm-hmm. because he had a stall in the main room. That gave him just a slight indication that he was thought of in a different fashion than previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And that, he admitted, offered some confidence. Now, he went out and he made sure that he was on the radar in front of the coaches and was able to make the team out of training camp. And, uh, and he capitalized on that path which was awesome. Good start, bit of a lull. The coach talked about how he wasn't the same player that he was earlier in camp or earlier in the season, and now he's dialed it back in where he's an every-night player and he's filling in for uh, Jack Eichel on that top line, not in the same position, mm-hmm. but, uh, but taking that open spot on the top line to the point where the power play this morning on that first unit, who's out there but Paul Cotter? There's a couple of different reasons for it. Mm-hmm. One is he's earned it coming off a two-goal game uh, and his success in the shootout and being physical and uh, what he did in Detroit uh, in an all-around game, which I thought was his best game as, as a National Hockey Laker. Uh, that goes to the uh, real uh, credit because if Detroit was his best game, he scored two goals uh, in, in Boston, which yeah. was awesome. Uh, but I, I think that uh, that we we are looking at a further progression in the career of Paul Cotter. And it's happening pretty fast. Is he going to stay in the number one unit? No. But that look 
giving him that chance is huge in in his confidence. I, I think there's also something to be said for the ability to play with and, and being able to play with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Like yeah. you're, you're talking about really, really good hockey players, uh, elite hockey players, and, and Paul Cotter is is stride for stride with them. He's he's added and enhanced that line right now over the course of, of one game against the Boston Bruins. The question's going to become can he replicate the performance? Not necessarily the goals, but can he continue to be a piece of that line that allows them to operate at a high level and thus doesn't pull anything else from the rest of the lineup? I say yes, and I think that there's going to be a lot of confidence gained by Paul from Paul, Paul Cotter playing with those players so that when Jack is reinserted into the lineup, you've got a more confident Paul Cotter uh, kind of putting his stamp on the third line consistency is going to be his biggest challenge sure. this year. Yeah. He's got skill. He's got enthusiasm. He's got young gumption. But consistency. How much of a drop-off game-to-game or week-to-week, high-to-low, low-to-high is there going to be to the point where then this is really important for, for coaches in the NHL. As important as, there, as uh, anything is, what am I getting from you mm. tonight? And can I count on that range between high and low to be as small as possible? 10% either way from your baseline. I, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see 15 points up above what I, I think you can do and then 30 points below. And then up. I want to be able to count on you every night. That's what he needs to really get established uh, for Bruce Cassidy. Now, Bruce is going to take the two-little game. Mm-hmm. He's going to take the uh, wall-to-wall 200-foot game that we saw in Detroit. He's, he loves that stuff. He loves the progression. But now dial it in to where you're 10 points up or 10 points below that Bruce knows night-to-night what you're going to give. But the, but you mentioned playing with Stone and Stevenson. Mm-hmm. He, he's got speed. He's got some, some uh, ability to work the boards, work the wall, be engaged physically, be able to get pucks back. He's... he's he, I think there's another level to go in, in that part of it in puck recovery. Yeah. But be able to get pucks back, he, but he can keep up, and he's got some, some real high-end skill that he can think the game uh, like a Stone and, and Stevenson. And that's another reason why he's on that number one unit with those two. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily slides into the second unit, but uh, it's real easy. And, and the coach talked about it, uh, referred to it this morning uh, in his availability, is you roll out those three guys as a unit, and then you've got uh, a defenseman and Marsha. So it, it's much easier to, uh, to adapt, and we'll see whether that is able to be capitalized on. Uh, I've always been surprised why more teams don't do that, uh, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, not that this is groundbreaking in, in any ways, but it just it does make more sense, and they're following that, uh, that path today uh, with the, at least the morning skate, uh, what they worked on today with Cotter out there with Stevenson, Stone, Marshall. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a really good spot for, for Paul Cotter, and I think that you're right. When you're looking at uh, two key pieces of the first unit of your power play out of the lineup in Jack Eichel and Alex Petrangelo, maybe the most familiarity that you can get in terms of that top unit is really the right, right decision. So uh, I'm curious to see Paul Cotter's game unfold over the course of, of this 60 minutes, but also 
what a little bit of power play time might do to his confidence even more. Like, this is a player that really does thrive on feeling his game and being confident. Uh, you're able to to make a couple of plays on the power play or help this team score a power play goal. It can go a long way. What, what I like about him is he, there's a bit of range there. Mm-hmm. Just like Stone. Yeah. And, and not the same player because Stone is uh, is more of a, a hands guy and be able to great vision and uh, be able to control and anticipate games so much. But Cotter's got a, uh, an ability to be a net front presence. Uh, in that bumper spot, he can move pucks, mm-hmm. and he can distribute uh, pucks, or he's got a good enough shot on the outside, on the wall, if he gets put into that spot, depending on which way the, 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 the puck goes uh, off a face-off or an entry. Uh, he, he's got some range to be able to handle all three of those, uh, those positions. Uh, in, inside the bumper, with his release, if he wants to take that puck, not just a distribution guy, but uh, be, be able to take that shot, he can do it. And, and he did it the other night. Yeah. Like, like a shot from distance with that skill to be able to score on a National Hockey League goaltender mm-hmm. is very unique. And in a power play spot, and he's played the power play in Henderson a ton, uh, we're, we're really uh, going to be able to uh, watch what, his career and skill development does in, in that position with all the all the best players. That that's what he's doing. He's not. He's was good with Stone and Stevenson on a line, but now he's surrounded with with an extra guy. That's 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 pretty cool to see. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with it. Yeah, and and you know specifically in that bumper spot, I I want to see Paul just rip a couple on net because then that opens up so many other things that the the New York Rangers are going to have to be aware of. If you've got a player that's willing to put that puck on on the net from the bumper, it opens up those those seam passes to Jonathan Marchessault for a one timer. So it, it makes your power play a little bit more versatile. And I think that for the Golden Knights, uh, you look at. This game against the Rangers, I think you chip in a little bit of special teams offense in the absence of Jack Eichel and Alex Petrangelo. That helps you get two points. Now, I want to see him go to the net. <laughs> go to the net, yeah. be that net front guy, and then grow your game beyond that. But, uh, uh, it, it, and again, it depends on where the puck goes off of, off a draw or, or the entry, uh, who's in the middle and, and who necessarily falls to, to the outside. But... Uh, there's there's other options. Will Carrier, uh, they've talked about him uh, being on uh, a potential uh, for uh, sliding into the power play. That net front presence is such a huge part of, of any power play. First and foremost, uh, you got to be able to play that role. And against uh, a guy like uh, Shesterkin, uh, the reigning Vesna Trophy winner, it, it becomes even more valuable to cause some kind of disruption in front of him. Sure, uh, he, he can rip it, and, and I... I'm with you. I'd love to see him be able to take that uh, that shot and and see where, how he stacks up mm-hmm. with with his release. But first and foremost, uh, because he's the last guy added to this unit, like he's the filling guy on this unit. Uh, he's not necessarily taking over Eichel's shooter spot or shooter role, but uh, he, with his body and ability to cause some havoc in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where the potential is to be most valuable. Watch, he'll go out and score two goals in the Matt Advantage line, which he's got that ability. <laughs> he, he did that the other night yeah, uh, yeah. With, with his release. Um, and he's not uh, with a shootout. Like He's got those hands and got that shot. He's got that, that ability. But uh, don't lose track of, uh, of what, what you are 
and, and where you came from. And that is tonight to be a little bit more of a, uh, a disruptor in front of that on, on that power play. Yeah, and you know the 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 body for Paul Cotter, like he's he's certainly got the size, yeah. he's got the the tenacity to to be a a problem in front of the net. I think that there's you know certainly a a, a hand eye coordination that we even saw in the in the game against Boston where he he just about yeah. gets his is he gets a, a deflection on a on a sifter from Che Theodore that just misses wide. Like Did you just use word sifter. Yeah, yeah. you we, you we you you it. you've come right on board with the sifter. I love that. Been we are board. spreading. We're spreading the love of the sifter. I've been on board since we talked to Shay Theodore yeah, yeah, about the, the sifter. The it's, sifter it's a has, fantastic has word. grown yeah. in, in popularity. But the sifter it, is a soft shot through the middle with some pace but not super fast. Yeah, the goal is to just get it through and hope that it, it hits something or fools the goaltender. And uh, to be honest, like I, I don't – However Paul can impact the game on the power play, that's really what is most important. If it's net front, if it's finding a way where, you know, you, you kind of float out a little bit to soft ice and you, you get a shot and you rip one, that's great too. But, you know, for, for a young player that is working on the consistency of his game, getting an opportunity on the power play is going to be huge. Getting a, an opportunity on the power play with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone and Jonathan Marcheseau and Shea Theodore, that's Really big time for Paul Cotter. And, you know, what we've seen out of this kid is that he gets an opportunity. He makes the most of it. That was a stressful game against the Boston Bruins. I wasn't stressed. It was it, fun. It was uh, oh, It was fun. That There's nothing like playoff hockey. <laughs> I will challenge anybody until my last breath that regular season games are nowhere near like playoff games. Mm -hmm. They may be more intense, they may be more stressful, but there's no comparison to Stanley Cup playoff hockey and regular season games. That said, the other night in Boston had a different feel to it. It wasn't your regular, normal one of 82. To the point where it was fun in the first and you're, you're having a great ride, and then it becomes a little more tense. And then in the third period and overtime, there are some stressful moments there, killing penalties and being on your heels and just surviving for the next 30 seconds mm -hmm. and the next 30 seconds. And you saw that uh, certainly uh, on, on the five-on-three where you get it to a five-on-four and then you're back even uh, because the, the goal came. It was 20 seconds earlier, you'd still be in a heap of trouble. So surviving that next uh, next series and overtime uh, with the penalty, that that was a different different experience than we've had so far this season uh, in in the opening uh, of this campaign in the first 27 games. It, it was fun. I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, it was the best regular season game we've seen so far yes. this year. And, and like that's that's not any disrespect to any other opponents that the Golden Knights have played, but now, you why did you feel why was it the Bruce Cassidy factor? Was it the Bruins' streak weighing in on it? Was it the Bruins being first uh, in the Eastern Conference? What what made it different by way of those three options? They were just they're just two really good teams, and the Boston Bruins took the Golden Knights' best punch through the first. 21 22 minutes of the game and then the Bruins pushed back and for the Golden Knights it was you know not ideal 
to— So you're not putting any emphasis on the Cassidy? No, no, no. That, all that stuff factors into it. But at the end of the day, why I felt that game was so important, why it was so so exciting, is that you had two really, really good hockey teams playing a solid game. I love the fact that the that the Boston Bruins pushed back. I love the fact that the Golden Knights were able to dig deep and start to win some shifts in the offensive zone in the third period, largely because the Misfits were so good. I love that Logan Thompson came through with save after save after save in overtime and then the shootout. You had two good teams slugging it out, and it was awesome. Yeah, two good teams, absolutely. From a Vegas standpoint, that was adrenaline from the Bruce Cassidy link mm-hmm. and trying to go back in there and win a game and then it was could they, could they do it and stop boston streak mm-hmm. as a as a little salt in the wound with bruce cassidy all the jam was built up because of the former head coach being in the building winning in his first time back and potentially stopping their streak and then you had what what just made it enjoyable was back and forth factor mm. that 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 was uh, uh cool that it, the game lived up to the to the ancillary parts of it but the uh the outside noise was deafening inside that building last night from the cassidy point of view and then being pushed at the end it was it was sensational theater right down to the shootout and the goaltenders being so awesome. Like, we, we're seeing something in Logan Thompson in a shootout that you just don't see a dominant performance like this mm-hmm. to a relative newcomer in the game. And he does love the shootout. He loves some guys being uh, doing breakaways is a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. They mm-hmm. don't want anything to do with it. And it's become a little more mainstream, but there's still – a large part of the goaltending fraternity that believe that he he I feel enjoys it nearly as much as Paul Cotter does in practice. Yeah, I would know he's so. ever going to compare <laughs> on an even scale to Paul Cotter, but but Logan Thompson, what he did the other night, mm-hmm. like there, there's one where he didn't even move. Like, how does he have that poise mm. and 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 uh, trust in himself to not to not even move and then. Uh, other parts where he's just he's got these uh, go go gadget legs that come out of nowhere. That's a good pull. Um, I, listen, I I'm with you on Logan Thompson. I think that that game against the Boston Bruins uh, really did push Logan Thompson, in my opinion, or it should anyway, to the top of of the Calder Trophy. Uh, rankings he has been so good he's continued to get better and better and better uh and more than anything when you are relishing those moments when the game is on the line when you are going into that one-on-one situation and you are loving every minute of it because it's on you to perform and produce for your team uh he's so clutch in those moments it, it boggles my mind still to this day that he's only two and three in the shootout well, because they didn't score. I, I'm, I'm aware of that. I know why it happened, but yeah. it still blows my mind that he, he, he did everything just as well last year. It just wasn't going to be in the cards for him to win those shootouts, but no, he, he's so phenomenal. He stopped him. 25 yeah. of 29 shootout yes. attempts yeah. for his career. It's pretty yeah. darn good. Not bad. And he went into extra time in the last two shootouts 
allowed one goal in the last 12 shots uh, in the two uh, shootouts between Columbus and uh, the Boston Bruins. It, it, it really, that, that game the other night, though, let's, let's call it. Like, that's a Logan Thompson-type game where it's a fourth game of a road trip. Uh, you're going home right after. Everybody's tired. You're missing your best defenseman, arguably. You're missing your best forward. And your coach is going back to that building for the first time. There's a lot of uh, stuff going on around the game and some dominoes tilted against you. You saw it last year. What Logan, like Those situations are when Logan Thompson's at his best. I, I would take Logan Thompson in that situation way more than Logan in a game against the worst team in the league off three days rest where there's not enough juice flowing. You know, like he's a juice guy that, that just loves when when things are pumping and mm-hmm. going. And uh, it was a, a drawback in the Pittsburgh game because he got a little too hot uh, in the Jake Gensel. But I love him being able to raise the level of per- his performance. He, he absolutely embraces that. Last year, this year, uh, the other night in Boston, he, gamer. He's a true, one hundred percent gamer. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I think that the the bigger stake, the bigger the stakes in the game, the better Logan Thompson is. Period. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just what he wants on the line every single time he's he's on the ice, and that's going to be you know one of those challenging things, as you mentioned, kind of over the course of an eighty-two game schedule, where you're going to have games that don't have the sizzle that others do. But if you get the performances you you get out of Logan Thompson in those big time games, and we're we're kind of coming up on one on Sunday against those same Boston Bruins. I'm looking forward to seeing it in in person because I, he he oozes confidence in those tough moments. And this is the first real big go around for him in the National yeah, Hockey League. Yep. He's seen teams and buildings and environments for the first time. So there's still like I I think this is a riding a wave right now for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a long way from being in his 12th year, and he's uh, he's nine and two at Madison Square Garden. Like he's like that kind of thing where you've been through it. Uh, so this is this is another occurrence tonight. New York Rangers. This is a dream for uh, a lot of people to to go out and skate against the New York Rangers or last game the Boston Bruins. The game before that, these these original six teams. It's it's a little easier to get to get up for these uh, the games now. Uh, a Monday in San Jose. That's where you got to find your own pump up yeah sure. and, and he's pretty good at that too but uh <laughs> but these I, I have no issues uh coming back for him uh tonight uh, again against the new york rangers it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game to watch the rangers are are not on form as of yet the golden knights are looking for their 20th win of the season and, and controlling the the pacific division uh this is uh this is a good opportunity uh for vegas but there's there's challenges on both sides sure uh, i mean for the golden knights it's it's a team that has been dominant on the road 12 2 and 1 on the road but just 7 and 5 at home and you know that's going to be i think a, a big 
storyline for the Golden Knights going into this one and, and something they'd like to uh, move in the opposite direction of. They, they want to start getting back to being dominant at home. And it starts with a really solid 60 minutes tonight against the New York Rangers. And, you know, if the Golden Knights are able to come back, get the first win of this three-game homestand, then you can kind of roll into well, a little if, bit of a, of a routine. If they play a solid 60 minutes, mm-hmm. Bruce Cassidy is going to be overjoyed. Because that's been the biggest challenge, is sure. putting a full 60 together. It's fair. It's fair. you got 40, 35... 45, 50, but but pulling that full 40. I have a question for you in the next segment that I need you to answer. I'll ask you the question now. Okay. And then we'll take a break, uh, and we'll uh, we'll come back. By the way, do you see my my laptop here on the screen? See what that reminder says? Yeah, I do. It's great. See what it says? Catching up with Chapman. I don't know why that's in there. Unreal. I don't know why that pops up every day. He's really good with computers. I know. I've got to get somebody to come in here and take that off because I've got a lot of reminders in my calendar. It's the most important one. But this one comes up every day right this time. Catching up with Chapman today at 550. Uh, so Chapman, uh, I, I can't uh, get away. You and I are buddies now anyway, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't I can't get away from you. I wanted uh, Wallace to see this. So here's my question <laughs> for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, that's been on my mind the last few days. You were not happy with what happened in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. in having the advantage and it's slipping away. Yep. What you've seen certainly over the last few days around the National Hockey League are you more understanding of that? Now, don't answer, but are you more understanding of how that is occurring? And are you more, not accepting, but able to handle how it went down against the Pittsburgh Penguins? So, Ryan Wallace's answer is coming up as we broadcast live from T-Mobile Arena, ahead of the New York Rangers against the Vegas Golden Knights on Spanish Heritage Night at the Fortress on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Yeah. I love my white Christmases. I, uh, I don't need another one, but I love my white Christmases. I, I'm perfectly fine uh, to have a uh, very deserty Christmas. 12-2-1. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the road record of the Vegas Golden Knights as they get set to take on the New York Rangers. Uh, but it's at home, and they will try to uh, produce their eighth victory at the Fortress tonight in this one, which would give them 20 wins on the season before the... 30th game of the season. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. If you're doing the math and you're following along there, a 20th win before you close in on the 30th game. Uh, very impressive. First place team in the Pacific Division against a team that took a big step last year. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's tough to follow up that big step. And you can try, but then you lose your balance and you fall down for a little bit. That's of course what the New York Rangers have done uh, a couple of times. I asked you the question though, because you were not pleased about letting a 2-0 lead slip away against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm. And the the idea of what you've witnessed now in the National Hockey League over the last uh, few games, and I'll, I'll highlight the, the Montreal Canadiens having a four-cob lead against the 
Vancouver Canucks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the worst team in hockey history of holding a lead, and then turned the tide uh, on the Montreal Canadiens, and that game ended up in a Vancouver win, but it went back and forth. But Montreal had a 4 nothing lead in that game, mm-hmm. and, and they lost. And I, after the Penguins game, said, hey, Ryan, don't, don't get caught up in, in 2 nothing. It's happening everywhere, mm-hmm. all over the league. Teams are struggling to hold leads. Or, look at it from my perspective, clubs are really good at being able to turn it up and rally back and at least get even at some point during the game or or win that hockey game. Mm-hmm. Given what you've witnessed, are you changing your tune at all from the Pittsburgh result? So, you know, the one the Monday That's night game. That's not an answer. <laughs> so, but that there was a yes or a no in there and I didn't hear either one of them. You were going to try to talk for a while and just rag the puck. Can I That's go? what you were doing. Can I go? If you answer. Oh, should have just listened to the show yesterday. That's all I'm saying. I, I talked about it a lot. We talked about it, you know, in, in terms of our game ratings. I, I don't have any issue with the Golden Knights and the game that they played on Monday night. And I, I'll be honest with you, the Boston Bruins are a really good team. And I don't think it was so much the Golden Knights taking their foot off the gas. I don't think it was so much the Golden Knights allowing the Boston Bruins to get back in the game. Boston's really good. They're 14-0 and at home or were 14-0 and at home before the game. You expected that there was going to be a push. I didn't really have any issue with the Golden Knights losing a 3 nothing lead against the Boston Bruins. And I, I viewed that game differently than I did the Pittsburgh game, differently than I did the Columbus game. And it, it doesn't have to do with the other teams in the league that are blowing leads. It had to do with the Boston Bruins being a team that took the Golden Knights' punch and punched back. And I liked the poise that the Golden Knights had in the third period to start winning some shifts and get the momentum back in their in their favor before going to, uh, to overtime. So, uh, no, I, I didn't get upset. I wasn't mad that the Golden Knights... Uh, relinquished a lead against the Boston Bruins. But you look the at the Bruins. Di- you good... do look at them different. You... Yeah, I do. I, is, is that I... just purely on the result? No, it's not the result. I didn't like the fact that they allowed the Columbus Blue Jackets to come back from two nothing down. And the reason that I didn't like that is without Patrick Laine in the lineup, without a lot of players for for Columbus in the lineup, and Johnny Gaudreau was was good but not great. Like you shouldn't allow that team. The Boston Bruins are a different story. So I'm not mad that the Golden Knights couldn't hold on to a 3 nothing lead in regulation against the Boston Bruins. I view that very differently than I do the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think the heat that the Vancouver Canucks took in the first two weeks of the season, mm-hmm. looking back on it, was slightly undeserved. Because they're not the fragile team that we talked a lot about. The whole league is fragile when it comes to a lead. And that's been borne out. It's really difficult to protect. The only way that you can guarantee, and this will sound funny, Mm -hmm. but it's true. The only way to guarantee protecting a lead is by scoring the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh goals. (laughs) Otherwise, it's in jeopardy. It's it's unprecedented how much uh, jeopardy a 2-0 or a 3-0 lead is right now. Yeah, and... To to a degree, like I'm I'm with you there. There's a lot of scoring happening right now in the NHL. There's a lot of teams that are able to come back, that are able to kind of uh, push within a game. And you know, for the Golden Knights, I just want to see progression. 
I just want to see this team get better over the course of the season. And I thought their response to Boston was better than their response was to Pittsburgh. It was better than their response was to Columbus in that they were able to get themselves back on track over the course of the third period. Interesting, because they had a third-period lead against Pittsburgh. That... Which is true. Sure, but I mean, yeah. like, if, if we're being honest, when we look at that game and assess that game, those were all fortunate situations for the Golden Knights. Like, they were not the better team. They were not the better team than the Pittsburgh Penguins, despite a having a yeah. two-goal lead at yeah. the end of the first period and despite having that three-goal lead in the second yeah. or in the third. The, the idea is they probably played a better game in Boston yeah. as a whole sure. than they did in Pittsburgh, and we're fortunate. Uh, you, you might have... Uh, say, you might say that they des- they got what they deserved in both games. They played better in Boston, so they deserved to win. Yes. They didn't play as good in Pittsburgh, and the score was a little misleading after one. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, get, I get your point. Yeah, they had a lead in the third period, but it never, ever felt like it was going to be something that stuck because they didn't string together any shifts that would give them momentum. They were able to capitalize on the power play to start the third period. I love that. But that's when I wanted to see the Golden Knights with an opportunity in front of them, start to tilt the ice their direction. They didn't do it. But six out of eight points, when you look at that road trip, yeah. is impressive. But further that, they had a 2 nothing lead in all four road games. Mm-hmm. I, not bad. I'm going to go back through my memory banks and try and figure out when the last time I was following a team that did something like that. That wasn't just a full-on wagon going out there these games ended up being close uh there is some uh uh, nail biting going on but to go out and give yourself a lead and then add on to it be two nothing lead in in every game while on the road there's something special going on here and it's it's almost like they start with a one nothing lead every night anyway like i'm looking at the scoreboard right now it says zero new york zero vegas Mm -hmm. really that scoreboard Based on the stats this year sure. and scoring the first goal, should say one Vegas, zero the New York Rangers. It's been it's been that pronounced. Uh, scoring first, the the uh, Vegas Golden Knights are fifteen and three. Mm-hmm. Fifteen and three. It's not bad. Sixteen games worth in twenty-seven games. <laughs> That's a pretty good. Uh, advantage and the record bears that out right yeah absolutely i there is the scorekeeper there if you just want to let them know the scoreboard is wrong that it should be one nothing vegas i'm going to send a text right now yeah do that bruce cusick has a direct link down right so i'll send bruce a a note because bruce sits up and then uh bruce will be able to let them know because they should come out and have a one nothing lead home or away Mm mm-hmm it should say Vegas, and part tongue-in-cheek, mm-hmm. but because they, they're doing it so early sure. in games, yeah. in the first five minutes, what they, they were able to, half the periods on that road trip, mm-hmm. they scored in the first five minutes yeah, I mean, uh, of, of half those periods. That, that's wild in itself. So uh, it's part tongue-in-cheek, but part they're, they're starting the game with a lead. Who doesn't want to start a game with a lead? Well, I mean, the Golden Knights absolutely want to start a goal a game with the lead. And, you know, when you look at their numbers in the first period, it, it's been so consistently good for the Golden Knights. Starting on time is, is one of those things. It's a hockey cliche. We hear it all the time. But for the Golden Knights through the first 27 games of the year, 
more often than not, they're starting on time. 33 first period goals for the Vegas Golden Knights, holding their opponents to just 14 goals against. Like, that's huge when you factor in that when you can kind of control the game, when you have a lead, you have more control over the game. You have... uh, the opposition pressing a little bit more and that should open up more chances for the Golden Knights so I, I've liked their first periods I'm not ever going to complain about a team that's that's been that good that dominant in the first period I do think though when you look at Vegas second periods can be better they've gotten better they've improved but I still think that there's another level that this team can get to here's one for you mm-hmm. they've been as good offensively in the third period Mm -hmm. as they have been in that glowing report that you just gave, which is super accurate right on the opening 20 minutes Mm -hmm. best in the league. They've been as good uh, offensively in, in the third period, 33 goals in the first You're 33 goals in the third. Yeah. And you know, for, for the golden Knights, the, you just have to level out that second period. Yeah. That's it. And, and you know, again, you, you level out that second period. It's, it's hard to level, though. Have you ever done that with sand, like tried to build a base to put something on and to put level? Build a chicken then, coop. And, yeah, and, I've done yeah, it. Like, it's, it's hard. Yeah, you to, take to, your to, time. Yeah, they, you grow into it. I don't it, like time. I don't like time. Chapman, could you level something out? <laughs> No, 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 no. It's hard to level things out. Listen, I have a very difficult time hanging pictures in my house because I was going to say hanging a shirt. Well, that too, but yeah, the pictures because I'm like OCD and they have to be the exact amount of of space apart and they have to be the exact same height. You know what the key is? I can't do it. Measure the nail. Don't measure the pictures, measure the nail. Nail to nail. And then you'll have it. I do that, and I still can't get it straight. Then you'll have it nailed. Well, it'll be on the wall, but whether or not it's all level, I no, unlikely. Oh, that was just so you, bad. Just you looking at it anyway. That was hey, uh, so bad. You're off the wall. That's <laughs> no, that's bad. We're going to take a break. We'll set up our number two, get into some Bruce Cassidy reaction and comments from this morning's media availability and one-timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, plenty of stuff to get to. I know you guys uh, ran through a lot of it yesterday, but uh, some new developments in the NHL. It's the VGK Insider Show live from T-Mobile Arena, where it says Vegas and the Rangers are 0-0. A couple hours from face-off, but it should say Vegas up one nothing. You're listening to Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I oh, sure do yeah. like those Christmas cookies, sugar. Mm-hmm. So what? I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe. The ones that look like Santa Claus. Imagine writing that one. I could do it. That's I a love good cookies. One. I love cookies. Uh, I love Santa Claus. It's 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 great. It's just full of goodwill. Uh, writing. Very. <laughs> I love I, cookies and I love Santa Claus. Here's what the a, thing, though. What but, a declaration no, no, there. But it's different because it's country music. That was a country music. Uh, version of of the song, country music is not happy at all. So well, you've got opposites ah, colliding. Come on, uh, That's... truck broke down. <laughs> nope. What's funny Girl is that me. that is the only hail in the field George Strait song that I know. Mm. That's it. That's the only one I know. But that one that that's, we just played—that's yeah. not true. Yes, it is. That oh. is that is the oh, and it's I like it. I love it. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs. 
I love my. But it's the only George Strait song I know. I love my George Strait. I'll I'll give you a playlist uh, for okay. George Strait. That sounds we'll fair. On top of that, uh, hour number two. I, I do. I have George Strait. I. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm Chapman doesn't know what he's talking about. He absolutely knows more. No, no, I, I do not Come know on. any. No, you're, you're like me when uh, when something comes on or my wife and I have a conversation. She's like, you, you know this. You just don't know you know it. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> um, hour number two. We're going to get into uh, some stuff happening with the Vancouver Canucks, division foe of the Vegas Golden Knights. How impressed are you two at Mitch Marner's streak? Question. Do you, do you want me to answer right yes. now? Are yeah, you it's fine? All right, Chapman. You impressed by Mitch Marner? Absolutely. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some information that may pour a little cold water <laughs> on the longest point streak in the National Hockey League. That's longest, such a Darren no, thing this, too. This year, this year, no, longest I'm, point streak this year. I'm with Darren here. But uh, but the longest point streak in Toronto Maple Leaf history. I'm just going to give you a reason. Now, he's, he's got points in every game but two this year. It's phenomenal mm-hmm. how good he's been. But I'll give you just a little bit of information on why we should uh, just cool our jets on the whole point streak idea and how it could be underwhelming. Uh, that and Bruce Cassidy will join us via this morning's media availability to talk about the Golden Knights and their game against the New York Rangers. Hour number two is up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.